Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. Yep, that's us. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Alright, roll the outro. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, so uh, here we. This is our twenty-first episode, so yeah. our uh, our our pod is officially old enough to drink. It can, it can is, drink. It is exciting. A, it is a, a full-grown adult. Yes, uh, it can't and, rent and, a car yet, though. <laughs> no, it cannot rent a car by itself. By itself, right. and it still will get carded because it looks young. It looks young, but. It, it is mature. <laughs> it is mature. Yeah. It is mature. So, uh, anyway, uh, welcome <laughs> to, uh, back, and uh, let's uh, just get right into it. So, uh, Zach, what have you been playing recently? So, I've recently been playing a game called Dusk, D-U-S-K. Um, Dusk, uh, we actually, I played a little bit of it at PAX. Um, it is a game that's been out for a bit, but um, the developer um new blood interactive um i believe it was new blood was there um showing the game off um so dusk is a retro styled first person shooter um it was released in 2018 and was created by uh david samansky samansky i think that's how you say his name i'm gonna go with that uh, so uh david samansky uh wanted to create a doom style or quake style first person shooter um and that's what we get with dusk it is it takes place in a um fictitious town called dusk pennsylvania with a population of 666 um and you play as a treasure hunter um known as the intruder or dusk dude if you prefer um who gets kidnapped by a cult that is worshiping a uh, Lovecraftian demonic entity, and your Dusk Dude escapes, um, and you have to blast your way out um, of the of the of the town, and then go through like a facility, and then you have to kill the um, the their leader, who's this like Lovecraftian god. Is it set in the Wild West? No, it's set in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, all like, right. Rural, I mean, that's, rural that Pennsylvania. Is, that it's is west, west of us. Uh, yeah. West of us. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like it's a wild time. Yeah, so it's like the yeah, wild west. You have to fight like, um, like chainsaw wielding like cultists. Um, these these guys who throw like fireballs at you. I think there's a game called Dust that is a first person game set in the wild west, which is what I'm thinking of <laughs> yeah, when you is, say dusk. Yeah, this is dusk, like the time of day. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, Dust was actually made by Cyberflix, which did the Titanic Adventure out of time. Oh, well, Dusk Dusk is a very fun game. It's a it's um, a very fast paced shooter, um, uh, you know, akin to akin to uh, Doom and uh, uh, Quake and Unreal, all those like classic uh, '90s first person shooter games. Though it does have a little bit of a modern spin to it. It's was it's built in. Uh, uh, unity so it has a um, bit more um, capability than some of those older engines do it also is there a, a, a y-axis can you go 
Yes. Like up in, or so, is that the x-axis or is that the y-axis? Well, no. So that, the yeah, x-axis. That is the, the, yeah, x, so x goes up x and axis. down, y goes left to right. Um, it not only has an x-axis, it has what they refer to as an unlocked x-axis so Ooh. that you can, um, you can do like backflips and stuff like that um, if you're in the air. Um, so, yeah. So it's, in, it's fun. Yeah. You beat it. Uh, I haven't beaten it yet. I got to the second... Um, the second chapter. So the game is divided into chapters similar to Doom. I'm in chapter two, which is called The Facilities. Um, it gets very dark. And the game is actually, despite having really low polys, you know, it looks like Quake in graphics. The game is kind of terrifying at times. There's uh, one enemy in particular that's uh, based on a uh, Wendigo, which is a type of creature from Native American folklore. Um, and you can't see the enemy when it is when you first encounter it um all you can see are is a trail of blood um and then it will start attacking you and even then you can't see it and the moment you shoot it the game kind of makes a like screaming sound and it appears and it's this like goat-headed skeleton monster and it jumps at you um so it has some has some horror elements to it um in the facilities there's a part you like break your flashlight so you're in pretty much the pitch dark you have to like light things using your pistol <laughs> so um you know. is there a flashlight on your pistol or no you no no like uh, like the best like way with... to see stuff is to just like fire off around so that things oh. flash out um it's not like recommended oh, sounds... obviously but yeah attract people to your attention yeah but you know if you can't see you can't, if you can't, can't see might as well just shoot your pistol yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game. I'm enjoying it. I'll probably play more. Uh, thinking after I I play a little bit more, I'm probably going to go back to the beginning, play some of the harder difficulties. I'll stream that. Oh, yeah. fun! Yeah, it looks like a fun game that people might want to watch you play. It's very retro. It's it's like retro style graphics with yeah, regards yeah. to like classic or like more like '90s Doom, not 2020s Doom. Right, right, right. So it's more of um, the graphics are more. Uh, like classic games like Quake and Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. Um, it takes a lot of, but it takes a lot of uh, um, inspiration from the games and the movies of that time period. So Seth, nice. What have you been playing? So I actually just finished uh, playing uh, My Friend Pedro, which is a uh, game that was developed by Dead Toast Entertainment and was published by our friends over at Devolver Digital. And it was uh, released in 2019, uh, June of of last year, and is a banana game. So it's a a game where you play as this guy who shoots things. It's a physics-type shooter, so you can, like... Your character is, it's like a third person platformer where you can get into like weird like animations because you can like bend and flip and roll. You can almost, it's almost like if you took like Metroid and you gave Metroid like a pistol, it's kind of like, and the ability to slow down time, it's kind of like that. Um, You can also, it's got a unique, so I played it with my Xbox controller on the PC and it has the ability where you can split your trigger your shots so if you have like two pistols or two uzis you can use uh, your left toggle to aim at somebody to your left and you can have your right toggle to aim at somebody to your right so you can and you get points and the game is all about like 
point in combos. So the objective is to go through the game fast because you're scored on every level. So you want to get the game through, get through the game fast. You want to get through the game while with getting the most combos, which you get by uh, killing people in unique ways quickly after one after each other. And uh, it's cool. Um, the game gives you a bunch of different weapons to choose from. It's got a, a really weird story. Um, you're doing everything at the uh, hest, behest of uh, your uh, friend Pedro, who is a banana. And uh, you go through killing bad guys because a banana told you to. And the game gets a little trippy at some points in times. But uh, overall, it's a, it's a fun, light type of game. It's on uh, the Switch, the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and a uh, Windows. And the so I could see it definitely being a, a fun game to play like on the Switch if you, it's it could be a it could be a cool like console game as oh, well. Cool. Uh, is that what you've been playing it on on the Switch or have you been playing it on PC? No, PC with my Xbox controller. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And I had I got it f- through uh, Humble Bundle, which is a great charity, and uh, so I I got it f- through my subscription of Humble Bundle. So I had it kicking around, and I said, "Meh, might as well try this game." I was looking for something a little more uh, lighter, I guess, and uh, that met kind of like that itch at the time. Not to like, uh, you know, I mean, not to trail off of anything, but Humble Bundle right now has been doing a lot of stuff like raising money for different things for COVID-19, um, I believe. I, I know that they had a mm-hmm. major, like, I think it was like 30 games for $30 or something crazy. Yeah. Um, that it, it was like $400 worth of games for a $30 deal that the money was going to going to help uh, the COVID-19 response. Um, so they're definitely worth checking out if you want to give a little money to charity, but also get something um, that you can play in return. And um, they have a bunch of different ways that you can send spread that money out when you're paying for stuff. You know, you can give it all to charity, or you could split it amongst you know charity and the devs, or however you want to do it. Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great avenue to also to pick up a, a bunch of things at once. Um, I know I actually I've subscribed to them, and I've subscribed to them for probably the last two years now. Yeah, maybe even longer. Um, I've actually subscribed to them for so long that I'm on their old subscription plan <laughs> and they've actually gotten rid of the subscription plan that I have. So they now give you a thing called Humble Choice where oh, okay. uh, you subscribe to a monthly fee and you're allowed to pick up to a certain number of games depending on the tier that you're in. And they're all they're usually at least one or two AAA titles. Uh, they're not older. They're generally pretty good a solid assortment of games yeah um it is actually where a majority of the games that we use in our giveaway that where they come from but yeah i mean when we get, when we get, some, when we get some extra keys you know we have to we have to do something with them <laughs> That's right. um, um so, so do you want to get into the yeah so i guess we'll um we'll get into the meat of the podcast uh, i mean seth you mentioned that you mentioned that my friend pedro can be a bit trippy which i think is appropriate because the games yes. we are talking about today are as as i like to at least refer to them and i think seth uh, uh, seth enjoyed the term um fever dream games so yes. i think w- to explain what i meant 
by fever dreams when i put this originally in my notes i I wanted to talk about games that we played as kids but might not have remembered until something like spurred the memory and then when you're thinking about it you had to think to yourself like did would this game really exist and like you know you go on like a whole like a little path of trying to remember the game and you realize that maybe remembering the game didn't add anything to your life you know <laughs> like maybe there's a reason you forgot it so we're talking about weird weird games that are just like just popped back into our head for whatever reason recently and they're games that we played and they're games that either we I think we enjoyed a couple of them. I don't know if we loved them, but they are definitely they're definitely weird games that definitely uh th- they're out they, there. They're they're weird. They're also games that I I feel like um yeah, we we didn't acknowledge they even were a thing. Yeah. Um, like and like yeah, like clips of them brought back memories of voting it or playing it yeah yeah um so we we went through and uh we picked six uh games because we like to do everything in iterations of three yep so we, we picked six games to go over and talk about and uh we'll uh we'll kind of go through them some zach has clear memories on some of them and yeah. i have clear memories on the other one some of them were were kind of equal um so We'll start it off with, uh, let's go back to the year 1994. Let's. Uh, It was a fun year. Uh, I was one. (laughs) Yes, Zachary was one. I was not one. And there was uh, a game that we owned that had demos at the end of it. Mm. And I believe actually XCOM was that game. Was it XCOM? I think it was at least, or the demo of XCOM was in the game. <laughs> there was because it, it was done by Microprose. So right, Microprose, right, right. so okay. Microprose was a publisher that we've talked about previously. Mm-hmm. They published XCOM and a number of the uh, Sid Sid games and yeah. stuff like that, like the Pirates and stuff. Uh, they big publisher. They were also primarily known for strategy games like XCOM yeah. and f- flight games like F eleven seven A was a I stealth yeah. bomber yeah, flight that. game. So it's interesting that they then teamed up with a a developer known as well. They picked up a developer to publish a game by called Everywhere Software. Everywhere was spelled E-V-R-Y-W-A-R-E. And it was, they created a game, Everywhere created a game called Space Kids. Ah, now, Space Kids. <laughs> Space, Space Kids is an, an interesting game. Uh, according to the German box art, which is the only image that is available in Wikipedia about this game, beyond the one line for the plot... There, the game is, uh, it's got space kids written out in fun, uh, lettering. It's got a, um, a, a moon that's, was it waxing? Yeah. With, a with a smiley face and a nose and a, a sleeping cap. And then two little, what, look like onions. Yeah. One looks like that a, that are, yeah. One looks like an onion. The other kind of looks like, looks like a plum. Yeah. Maybe? Like a plum. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with hands yes. that are not attached, no. very like Rayman style. Yeah. Um, and then 
in a saucer that also has eyes. Yes. A green, like like a flying saucer. Yes. Uh, the, the game's plot is about these two kids, who are the plum and the onion, named Zedel and Deet. And they... Uh, live from they live on the moon, or I, I they're coming from the moon. Yeah, visiting the moon. You know? tr- well, no, they're traveling from the moon to find to go to Earth. Yeah, to yeah, Find yeah, yeah. their their lost grandfather, who is a famous space explorer. Yes, and they take their flying saucer to go see him. So that would imply that they are uh, aliens of some degree so seth describes the plot pretty concisely there and the the plot is only about two sentences on wikipedia but i would like to quickly describe the memories i have of this game which are from the demo that seth and i had on this demo disc we we did not so this is we our memories aren't even of the complete game our memories are only of the demo so here's what i remember of the demo it pans down to a house on a street and the house is also a dog. It's a dog house. Yes. <laughs> and the UFO goes down to the house, and you have to time it to get through a window that is also alive on the dog house. And then you go inside, and everything... So the background is all black inside. You never actually see what's inside the house. Then there's an elephant. And the elephant... <laughs> Is trying not to get a fly to go up his trunk. And (laughs) as the elephant is trying to avoid getting the fly off the trunk, he doesn't want to get crushed by the UFO. So then you either have to avoid getting crushed by the UFO, or you get crushed by the UFO, and then Zedel and Deke climb out of the UFO. And I'm pretty sure that's where the demo ended. (laughs) I think it actually ended a little bit past that. It might, yeah. Um, the game played with uh, uh, the numpad as the control scheme, mm. and you had four, uh, eight arrows that uh, that you would p- pick, and then you, would, depending on, you could select which character you're using, and then you could input commands to them. Yeah. There, there was. It was actually reviewed, which is the only other line in the Wikipedia article. It was reviewed in 1995 in an issue of Dragon Magazine, which was the magazine that for was dragons? created for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this issue of Dragon Magazine, they had a segment. Uh, this was issue 215. They had a segment called "Eye of the Monitor." And they reviewed these these guys, uh, Ray and D, uh, no J and D, J and D reviewed games in a conversation back and forth between each other, and they they talked about Space Kids for some reason, <laughs> and one reviewer gave it four stars, the other reviewer gave it two and a half stars. Essentially, they they walked away with talking about how the game. Uh, did not give you it. There was very little text. There wasn't really ex- any explanation of why what was going on. The puzzles were uh, obtuse, but there was a, a skip key that you could just skip the puzzle and go on to the next video segment. Though they both did talk about the very high quality 20-page instruction manual that came with the game 
though only two pages were dedicated to actually teaching you how to play the game. The rest was just a story about the two kids, which would give you the story that you would need to then play the game. Ah, I see. That, you know, that's appropriate that they would enjoy that, considering it's a Dungeon and Dragons magazine. <laughs> they would like stories. <laughs> they Well, one of them did. The other one did not like it. Well. Um, they also talked about how back in the 90s, they would do whatever they could to package computer games in a fun box because you were making your choice on to buy this game based on... Uh, marketing materials including the box there weren't really any like there wasn't a curated list from steam that would give you a mostly positive or mostly negative review on a game that's not even out right you'd have to go to the store look at all the different computer games available and make your decision then so computer games they usually came in just a box with something but some had like all sorts of weird shapes or sizes to try to yeah stand out from the crowd they wanted to entice people yeah space kids came shrink wrapped with what is like a wide picture frame (laughs) that microprose calls is a screeny and you can attach it with velcro to on your your computer monitor and then when you get tired of zedel and d waving at you from the front of the screeny you can flip it over and draw your draw on it your own scene. And you also got stickers to decorate whatever you decorate with stickers for the game. So a lot more than what you get with a game nowadays. Oh yeah, a ton more. I mean that's 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 a ton of content, but wild. Oh, I love it. What a weird, weird game. It was a sh- it was a strange game. My memories were a little bit more clearer about the game. I I think I was the one that actually mentioned it to Zach, and he thought that it was some, which is where this episode came from. I mentioned Space Kids to Zach, and Zach said, I, I thought I dreamed that as a, like, yeah, no, I, I legitimately, fuel. I, I legitimately blocked that entire game out of my memory. And then when I watched, um, uh, I think it was Vsauce did a video on it where the, the the guy was playing through it and I was just like well, I was like what is happening <laughs> yeah, I sent it to you I sent you that video yeah yeah I was just like what and I was freaking out for a while because it was like all these weird memories were coming back yeah um, it's a it's a trippy game yeah. we, we you should watch a YouTube video just yeah, yeah YouTube yeah, yeah. Space Kids 1994 and you can realize how strange it is uh do you 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 had more uh history with the next game yeah so the next game has at least a similar um history in terms of how we played the game so um we we described before our father liked to bring home a lot of demo discs and stuff like that i'm not exactly sure where he got them i think he got them from like bookstores and things i think he found them (laughs) around on the sidewalk (laughs) i never knew um, but he had one in particular that was a collection of um, Ubisoft titles, um, and I think there was there was a, a different flight simulator. I think that was on that one, and then there was a couple other th- games that I think might have had the Tomb Raider demo on it. Um, and then there was this. 
Hype the Time Quest. So I mentioned Hype the Time Quest in one of my recently been playings because I have recently downloaded a copy of the game and got it to work on a modern computer. Um, so uh, for, for a reminder, Hype the Time Quest is an action platformer from Ubisoft Montreal. It is using the... Um, it's a 3D platformer. Um, and it has the IP as uh, of the ever popular, ever favorite plastic toy building set, Playmobil. <laughs> yes, not Lego enough. Not Lego enough. Uh, yeah, fake Legos, bad Legos, <laughs> as, as I called them. <laughs> um, it was uh, according to the box, the game was quote unquote PC's answer to the Legend of Zelda, and um, has kind of similar gameplay mechanics in some parts to 3D Zelda games. I mean, you're solving puzzles, you're slashing stuff with swords, and you're killing bad guys. But that's about about it. Um, I probably played the demo like a billion times, and uh, it also the full game has a time travel mechanic. You can voyage to four different eras. Um, in this mystical world i will say one thing going for the game that i've noticed is that it does not care about the whole playmobile ip at all it it like just ignores it like the characters are playmobil characters but they don't like make reference to the fact they don't talk about being made of plastic or having like weird c-shaped hands they're just like they're just like we're in a mystical land, and we also look weird. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like it's like playing like Lego Island, and they don't acknowledge the fact that they're Legos. Oh, Lego Island. <laughs> that'll be for uh, that'll be for a Lego fever dream. Yeah, it could be its own episode. But um, yeah, that's hype. The time quest is just one of those games that I completely forgot about, and then when I i think when seth and i were talking about space kids one day i was like oh yeah this game too and that's how i got fell down yeah. that rabbit hole it's uh do you and you 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 mentioned that you'd like time travel in the game yeah too? there is so there is like a time travel mechanic um your character is supposed to be from the past um and he gets frozen by an evil wizard um so the beginning of the game your character gets frozen by an evil wizard and is a statue becomes a statue in like a garden um and Many, 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 many years down the line, this this apprentice wizard uh, brings you back to life because he doesn't realize that you're actually a frozen person, and he's just trying to turn this stone statue into a living statue so he can have a slave <laughs> that's like he's like i'm gonna make this statue do all of my work and he like zaps it and then you come back to life and he's like oh <laughs> it's a person and, and remember Everything is still Playmobil themed. Yes, yes. All of this is happening in a Playmobil themed world. Um, I feel like it's such like a it's such a contrast to like the new Lego games where I feel like they built all this story into this Playmobil and didn't acknowledge the the brand that they were they were. Like they were like we have this license to make this Playmobil game. We're going to make this story that could just work without being a Playmobil game. And we're, we're like the Lego games of today are just you playing as a Lego through a different, like it's the exact opposite. Like it is more like I'm a Lego in the Harry Potter world where this was, I'm this weird story that just happens to be also Playmobil. Yeah. Like in, in, in Lego games, like usually they're self-acknowledging, they'll call it like Lego Island or Lego, Lego Loco or, uh, you know, Lego Lego anything 
In this, it's like the land of Toras, reign ruled by King Taskin the Fourth. Um, it's like <laughs> I think the one thing that they do that is kind of a reference to the fact that they are plastic people is the fact that the currency that you pick up, I think, is called plas- plastic, but spelled like P-L-A-S-T-I-K or T-Y-K. So it's plastic spelled wrong. And that's the reference there. That's it. Like you could literally change the name of the currency and just ignore the fact that they're Playmobil characters and it's still the same exact game. Um, It's a very strange game. It's yeah. Well, I think all these games are very strange. Yeah. Do you want to, I don't even remember evil evil. The the most I remember the next game is from seeing it for sale at flea markets. (laughs) Like recently. (laughs) <laughs> so uh this game the next game and i don't did we mention hype hype the time quest came out in 1999 no but we did just now <laughs> yes and this game came out in 2000 ah, we're, uh, going these, right up. we're going right through chronologically and then we will we'll backtrack <laughs> back a little down. bit towards yeah. <laughs> if we didn't organize this list beforehand uh it's like a it's like a bell bell curve the um this game it was called evolva E-V-O-L-V-A. And this game has been plaguing me in the most recent weeks because I could not remember what the game was called. And it is not Evolvo with an O. And it is not Evolve, which is... Those are two different games. Yeah. And so I was trying to look up for a game that you could... like. I was like, there's evolution involved. There's weird things. And... The stroke of luck right before we started recording this podcast, uh, I typed in E-V-O-L-V-A and second the second listing was this game, which and it was exactly as I remember where you play as these uh, creatures known as Geno Hunters and you have to progress yourself through these 12 linear levels and there's just the way that the creatures looked were very weird and they would get different abilities that you could then mutate yep. in, into um, and you could get like claws or you could be able to get super jump or be able to vomit flammable liquids and you, you essentially you develop these new abilities by killing creatures and absorbing their DNA. Right. Okay. And uh, it was uh, developed by a company called Computer Artworks and published by Virgin Interactive, uh, which w- was their uh, very uh, UK kind of inspired games. So actually, I know we do have some UK listeners. They may be more familiar with Evolva. If you are familiar with Evolva as a game that you played since it's got reviews in Eurogamer, uh, let us know because... I want. I don't know how I got a copy of it. It is an action game where you're running around, you're just beating up other creatures and essentially evolving yourself to become like you can get hook for hands and stuff. And the creatures look like I. It's hard to describe what they look. They're like like humanoid, yeah, and like bipedal creatures that have like blue or green skin and they're kind of reptilian almost Mm. they're like they're kind of like reptilian bipedal 
mutants. They're, they're kind of like what I would describe the aliens in History Channel specials about how famous politicians are secretly aliens. It's kind of like how you'd <laughs> expect those to be animated. Yes. Um, part of the the reason for the deal, the game didn't have a very good multiplayer support, and the game only had twelve large but they're 12 linear levels um so and the game was also uh it took a little bit to run so not all computers could run it but it was praised as being innovative yeah and uh it it definitely uh it was a game that i'm i'm just happy to remember the name of it and maybe i'll remember it for another couple of years and and the good news is out of the list of games that we have here this game is available on Steam right now for nine ninety nine. Is, is it? Oh it my is. God. I'm I'm gonna buy it. Do it. Yeah. It, uh, Evolva. <laughs> yep. Nine ninety nine. Is there multiplayer support? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, no, it's single player. But you should Darn. buy it and stream it. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we'll stream it. Um. So the next game is games. I should say, or not games. What are they? They're like. Applications. Even applications. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we have a calculator. <laughs> it's, they are kind of like a calculator. Um, they, it's part of a series of uh, programs created by a company called PF Magic. Um, and these are the pets series, as we would call them, um, which included cats, dogs, which was later bundled as cats and dogs. And then oddballs and i should say i should make clarification that there is no s in these names this is c-a-t-z d-o-g-z and oddball z with a z um yeah because yeah, that's cool yeah it is very cool um and it also is a reference to uh pf magic's first game which was just called balls <laughs> can't say that with a straight face balls uh which was a uh fighting game but these aren't fighting games these are like tamagotchis <laughs> yes and it's very very true they were the the pets ga- so you possibly might remember the pets games as you listen to this and since there was a bunch of them yeah there were in oh, fact yeah. five of them there were dogs and cats and they started with dogs and they went to cats and then they just created more and more and more um up until 2002. So from 95 to 2002, we saw, what is it, 10 iterations of the games? Mm-hmm. Well, like up five, it's pets one through five with either dogs or cats. I think you could play with them at the same time, though. So five iterations, multiple different things. Uh, but 1996, they made a game called Oddballs, which did not have cats nor dogs. No. But weird creatures that came from eggs oddballs if you would <laughs> and these games had like a assortment of tools that you could use on your pet yeah you could feed them you could pet them you could slap them you could uh play with them with toys or you could punish them with deterrents such yeah. as a large gravity ball that if you rolled into your oddballs would make them explode yes, and have yeah. their eyeball like float outside. They got better because they were still like a very Tamagotchi type situation. Mm-hmm. And so the oddballs also had an, a, 
it came because it was in a window. So you had like a playpen area with them as well as all the pets. And you could actually pop them out and they could be on your desktop. And that was kind of part of the gimmick was that they'd be like a desktop critter. Uh, I feel like almost in akin to um, the the Star Wars game that we talked about, Yoda yeah, Stories. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of in that like niche little yeah. genre of video games that you should probably not be playing at work, but you are playing at work. I, I, think, it, I think it was designed to be one of those um, kind of like in that era where um, not everyone had like screensavers. So they would have like... Yep interactive games to play uh, to kind of keep themselves busy. Uh, and and I think like not only those that like Yoda stories games, but also chips challenge would fall into that. Just, chips challenge just like a game you could jump into. Yeah. Um, that I, really wasn't something to uh, like sink your hours into. Yeah. I, if it was like a break from, uh, I was going to say Minecraft minesweeper. <laughs> yeah. It was like, if you got tired of playing solitaire, my solitaire minesweeper, I was actually playing a, on a side note, I was playing a game called Eliza, okay. which is an interesting visual novel type game. And in it, you can play solitaire. I think I played like three hours of solitaire in the game. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Because uh, you get an achievement if you beat the solitaire on expert. Perfect. Perfect. So I just, it don't, and the game only has one achievement. So if I get that achievement, I 100% the game. There you go. Um, so. So, so uh, I do, uh, we should. Yeah, you should. Do you want to go on with? I think pets and oddballs, strange game. Do you have any thoughts about them? They're just very strange games. Um, and but they oddballs more than pets. Oddballs I feel like pets. pets is yeah, pets and cats and dogs and pets and stuff. Those were pretty uh, pretty regular oddballs. Was just yeah, it was literally the oddball out. Like the dog in the dogs game, there's like a dog door yeah. that you could put the dog away in the oddballs you shot them down a tube to get them to go <laughs> away the, it's like a vending machine <laughs> it was a vending machine yeah. it's, it's just a it was just a strange, Very game. strange game um I, I feel like they were like yeah pets and cats are our dogs and cats is, are successful might as well try to make some weird crap the, the, the next game we have is also i mean i don't know if i would classify it as a as a game game um but it was a uh kind of a rudimentary 3d design software targeting kids called crayola 3d castle creator and it was designed by the crayola crayon company um as part of uh they had a series of games that were coming out around this time which was 1998 and in crayola 3d castle creator you uh you uh had to build a castle in this kind of uh, little 3d space and then once you build the castle you um, are given the opportunity to walk around it in a first person perspective and you can also interact with some of the inhabitants of the castle so you could talk to the blacksmith guy or the king or the princess or the like i vaguely yeah. remember that um so i think that was what i found to be the coolest part I will say that just doing a quick Google search of this game has gotten me currently nowhere. I found one YouTube video of a guy talking about it. Um, and then I, if I go into the images, I'm actually getting pictures of Afterlife um, now. Oh, and now okay. I'm just getting pictures of just the, um, just the, the cover art for it, which was this picture of a... Um, 
3d model looking uh castle with like a jester sitting in front and the jester was i believe there in the game he would uh uh they would assist you with with stuff it was a oh yeah yeah yeah. but but not like it doesn't hype the time quest have a weird jester in it probably (laughs) so yeah that's uh crayola 3d castle creator a weird game that um i kind of have fond memories of i think i actually lost my original disc and then i eventually found it so is uh, it on uh abandonware that is a good question um i don't believe so i think it actually is not on abandonware but i can look around for it you should just send a like write a letter to the uh crayola company and ask for uh, a copy of it yeah just be like hey guys uh Send me a Can copy I have of the 3D <laughs> Castle Creator from 1998. <laughs> That'd be uh, grand. That'd be good. Um. So anyway, uh, I think we're just going to go into the last game that we have on our list. Yes. Which is... Do you want to talk about it? Because I think sure. you remember the game. I do remember the game. It's yeah. Men in Black. Ooh. Released Here in, come the Men, the Men in Black. In Black. Released in the same year that the movie was in 1997, a tie-in movie-based game called Men in Black uh, took place not really in the movie. Uh, So this game was actually discovered right before we recorded this podcast. Zachary and I went down a YouTube journey together where we watched videos of early 90s games to see if anything jumped out at us it was nice that would torment us as a game that we remember having and owning and a clip from and it was just like short like three second clips and then it'd go on to the next like three second clip and it would have like the year of the game and the name of the game and a clip from men in black showed up and i was like whoa and memories flooding back of me owning this game and playing this game and as i watched it i realized i got pretty far in the game so it's a like an action adventure game where you go through the game you start off as agent j uh before he becomes a a man of black Mm -hmm. and you're running through as very like I would say it's PlayStation 1. It was actually released on the PC first, then it got ported to the PlayStation 1. But it's got You're that right. PlayStation 1 polygon graphics type yeah. deal going on. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it kind of actually looks a lot like Resident Evil or um, Alone yes. in the Dark. And has the fixed camera. It does, yeah. It has a fixed camera. It's got a little bit like uh, low-key Resident Evil feel, I think is what it says. You go through the first part is kind of like the movie where you're in New York and you're chasing down an alien like uh, Will Smith does in Men in Black. Um, he's chasing the alien all around in the the uh, night of New York and they end up on the roof and he realizes that the guy is an alien and blah, 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 and eventually gets recruited to join Men in Black. Spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but... <laughs> but <laughs> Will Smith joins the Men in Black, um, becomes Agent J. Then this game departs the movie completely. Um, You go to the Men in Black headquarters, and then you go on a whirlwind adventure where you go to the Arctic Mm. to do something there in an abandoned base. The base is abandoned. You have to figure out why it's abandoned. Then after that, you go to the Amazon to go fight a Chukacabra. 
in an in a mine. A chupacabra. A chuka chupacabra. Yeah. And then finally, you go up against a computer hacker who lives on a private island. I remember none of those things from the movie, Seth. Yes, none of those things are in the movie. Uh, but you can, and after you play as Agent J in the beginning, well, pre-Agent J, uh, you may play through as Agent J, Agent K, or Agent L. Okay. And uh, both Agent K and Agent L are voiced by their voice actors and voice actresses um, from the movies. So uh, Agent K is voiced by Tommy Lee Jones, and Agent L is voiced by... Linda Fiorentino, Fiorentino, Fiorentino. Okay. Linda Fior, Fiorentino. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dr. Laura Weaver. People who love the Men in Black franchise are yelling at me. Um, but uh, so they, but playing as any of these three people doesn't change the story at all. It's the same exact story for everybody. Right. Um, it's just the different character model and the voice actor changes from either Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, or uh, Linda Fiorentino. And that's that's Men in Black. I remember bits and pieces of it in my memory. Um, I did not have bits and pieces of it in my memory prior to recording this episode. And now they are there to... Yeah. Uh, to take up space and, and, if, and, if, and rot. And you should try to hunt down a copy of it, the game and play it. Yeah. That's on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> along, with, along with Play Evolve, right? Right. Evolve-a. Evolve-a. Not, not evolve. evolve. Not Evolve. That's an entirely different game. <laughs> That's our, our episode on our Fever Dreams. It was a, an interesting episode. Yes, to say the and, least. Uh, to say for the for least. Num- numerous reasons. For numerous reasons. And uh, th- I'm sure that we can figure out uh, that there's probably other games that haunt our nightmares. So we may come back to the Fever Dreams segment. And, and I will say I'm really interested in feedback from people on this topic because I- I've had conversations with my friends about games. They remember playing as, as kids and like we'll be talking about a game and or something and they'll be like oh that reminds me of something so if you have a game like this if there's some game yes that you desperately are trying to remember or you recently remembered um and it just feels like like the weirdest thing and you're like convinced that no one in the world played this game besides you let yes. us know yes. there's a chance one of us might have actually played it yeah <laughs> describe it to us games. like like somebody going to their mechanic and not knowing anything about cars right yeah. describe what the game sounded and felt like and we will we will we're a crack team of researchers we will that's get right, right on that's it right uh, we will task our research department in figuring it out and we'll get to you to know the answer is Captain Crunch, Crunching Adventures. It's always Captain Crunch, Crunching Adventures. That's the problem. Uh, so to to wrap everything up, we, let's get into our byway pass so that we can we can finish without this uh, podcast. So, uh, Zach, what are you uh, excited about buying, waiting, or passing on? So the game I'm excited about buying, waiting, or passing on is uh, a follow up to a franchise that's been around for quite some time, and that is Streets of Rage. Yes. Um, so Streets of Rage Four is is up and coming it's actually due to be released april 30th so it will be um out after 
this episode, which is a rarity. Uh, usually, we either when, a lot of times when we talk about upcoming games, we realize that they're coming out the day uh, of the episode or like a day, a couple days after uh, before the episode. So this is this this time it it will be um, released Thursday, April thirtieth, um, and. It is the continuation of Sega Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage franchise. Um, those are a trilogy of games released in the early 90s for the Sega Genesis system. In Japan, they were known as the Bare Knuckle games. Um, they're kind of your average beat-em-up games from that time period. Um, I, I would describe them as uh, they, they feel very reminiscent of... Um, kind of like you're watching someone play street fighter but without like two people fighting so like the the art style was very street fighter-esque in my opinion um but you were walking from one point of the screen to the other um punching and beating up people so your usual beat them up um this version of of the game which is it's an official continuation of the game series is done by dot emu who we saw at uh pax uh dot emu also has been working on ports and remakes and sequels to a bunch of classic franchises they're doing the sequel windjammers 2 which i'm also excited for and i previously talked about in a byweight pass um and they also did the uh wonder boy uh sequel or remake that came out not too long ago uh, Wonder Boy and Monsterland. So um, I think I'm going to put this game currently on a wait. I I do like the Streets of Rage games, but they're not like they're not massive games that were in my uh, my childhood. So I'm not a hundred percent. What's the the term for it? I'm not like totally uh, totally You're not sold. Invested. Yeah, not totally invested in it, but I am uh, looking forward to uh seeing what the game's like from reviewers and such uh when when it's out yeah and the um the original streets of rage had a weird thing to it too didn't it where um if you play it on easy you can't actually beat the game yeah i think i think that's right i haven't played the game of forever but um i think the ending is like you're not able to actually get to the end um, if you if you play on easy mode, I think it's kind of like they they want you to play on the harder difficulties. So, uh, for my byway pass, uh, the game that I'm looking at is a game called Mad Experiments Escape Room, where you've been invited by Professor Cheshire and his assistant Hildegard to the, to try their new experiments. And they want, they're they obsessed with people's minds and they want to see how you react to their experiments. So there's puzzles that you have to solve with your friends in a multiplayer escape room. That's also uh, what appears to be timed. The game is in early access, uh, so it is still being developed. But you can purchase it for the price of $9.99 at, uh, on your local Steam distribution pro- program. So far, it's got... Uh, 11 reviews and they're all positive well yeah they're all positive 11 reviews um it it seems like it's a a game so it looks kind of like we survived together Mm -hmm. and i really enjoyed we survived together and it it plays up to six people so it looks like it's a 
cool game to be able to do a puzzle. I like doing a puzzle game with friends. Yeah. I'm a puzzle game by myself is fine, but puzzle game with friends is I, I think uh, more more is is enjoyable because doing an escape room, anything where you're collaborating and trying to get out, it I think adds to the experience. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely a game that's on my wish list because of its multiplayer puzzle aspect. And if I can get a few people to do it, uh, maybe well, maybe we'll even maybe I'll buy it and we can stream it. That sounds um, good to me. And then we can grab a, a couple other uh, Ryans because I have a few Ryans that I, I can collect. And An abundance of Ryans. An abundance of Ryans. And we can all uh, escape from a room together as an abundance of Ryans. Only only Classic Gaming Brothers and people named Ryan can join our, That's right. our server. If you know someone named Ryan, don't tell us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, developed and published by... Uh, studio a company called play together studio which looks like they have only made one game and that game is uh mad experiments escape room yeah and there's a demo so i i'll probably play the demo i'll probably wait on purchasing it unless the the whole like alignment of all the stars come together and we're all ready to play a game and we don't want to play the bigfoot or forest or whatever game we're playing at the time right you listening to this yeah so then maybe we'll play this game uh so there's that and so i think that's gonna be it for our fever dream episode yeah that is uh that is the uh that is all she wrote that's i'm gonna have fever dreams about this episode yeah yeah (laughs) i guess for some little uh veil off of the uh off of the curtain that of of our production we were having some interesting technical difficulties in the background yes. so uh props on us if this episode comes together perfectly <laughs> and, and, and we're still recording so who knows what other issues we may encounter down that's, the line that's right that's right uh, who knows but by the time you listen to this it's obviously been a perfect episode that's right so speaking of which there's a number of ways that you can support us contact us and listen to us tell me if all about you, them if you want to support us you can listen to our podcast, such as this one, or all the ones before it, or the ones that come after it. You can listen to us on many podcast applications. We say all of them, but we don't like to speak in absolutes. Only Sith speak in absolutes. Um, so there, we're on uh, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Acast. There's uh, there's a lot. We're we're on tons. A, a majority, yeah. a ton of them. Yeah. You can listen there. Uh, you can also purchase swag if you like the show enough that you want to wear our logo on your face or oh, on your face, on your body or <laughs> on your, on your, well, I guess you could, you they, could make like a mask. If they do want to wear the yeah. t-shirt, yeah, you know, like yeah. up against the, you know. Yeah, or if they want to make a mask, if they want to buy one of our shirts and cut it up, cut. then they can use it as a mask. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you can drink out of our faces by buying a mug. Uh, yeah. they could try we, it with a t-shirt too. we always yeah you could drink out of our t-shirt you could you I, whatever you do um more importantly just let, let your friends know uh that's if you want to support us and you and you really want to make sure it's just three friends tell three friends not four not two three friends remember we will know and we if will you be tell sad. more just say hey 
do you want to listen to a weird podcast that I listen to about video games? Sure. What podcast is that? It's the Classic Gaming Brothers. Better yet, find three of your friends, put them in a car. Um, after this crisis is over, by the way, after the health crisis, when you can actually be close yes. to people. Um, put them in a car, lock the doors, put on one of our episodes. Iconic. L- leave the car. <laughs> yes, leave the car. Preferably, I think the iconic characters, whatever episode that I think was. that's the one that I bootlegged onto our onto our oh yes we tape. don't don't play that over no, the no, mic I'm not play that over the mic and or uh or xcom xcom's been doing xcom's a good one xcom's a, XCOM's good, one. a good one we like xcom here yeah um so do that and if you get arrested we it was not our fault no uh, um Never. what else well, you um, can watch us support. if you want to you can also watch us if you want to, if you need something for your eyeballs to do. Uh, we play video games on Twitch and YouTube uh, sporadically, and more so now that we're in quarantine, But so we won't know what our schedule will be for producing video content once the quarantine's lifted, but uh, since Zach is no longer commuting, then there's we've had some free time. So we've been playing some games together on uh, Twitch. We'll upload them to YouTube. You can you can actually play with us if you so desire. We have a Discord. Uh, you can come hang out on it if you so desire. Yeah. Uh, just message us and we'll send you the link. And we also have a website, classicgamingbrothers.com, where you can send us feedback if you so wish to contact us. So you can go to the contact us form and fill out the feedback uh, form or you can send us an email direct to classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, which is Classic Gaming Brothers. You can also follow us on Instagram, which is Classic Gaming Brothers. Or you can follow us on Twitter, which is CG Brothers Pod. Yeah, I broke it. You did break it. Yeah. So that's the ways you can support us, listen to us, and contact us. Uh, like, subscribe, share, ring bells, do all the social media stuff so that more people can hear about us, so that more people who need us in their lives can be we can be there for them. That's right. That's right. So, Zach, is there anything else? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Zach. And I've been Seth. And we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers. We have. We have indeed. We Thank. Have. I'm just glad to just push stop. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just I just want, don't want no more of this. We've been at this for hours. Oh, so...